in 2005, I was blessed to be at the inaugural Mass installing Joseph Ratzinger as Pope Benedict XVI. It was a very beautiful occasion, a very beautiful Mass. However, up until the 1960s, the beginning of a Pope's tenure as successor of St. Peter looked more like the coronation of a monarch than the installation of a humble shepherd after the heart of Christ, the Good Shepherd. In that centuries-old ceremony, as the new Holy Father was carried in on the papal throne, the master of ceremonies would three times stop the procession, fall on his knees in front of the Pope, and holding a piece of flax cloth on a reed, he set it alight, and it would instantly burn up and disintegrate. And as he did this, each time he would say in Latin to the new Pope, Pater Sancte, sic transit gloria mundi. Holy Father, thus passes the glory of the world. That simple ritual in the midst of the pomp and acclaim of the coronation ceremony was meant to be a reminder to the new Pope that earthly honours are nothing earthly glory, very fleeting, and he would do well not to let the great things which his office as Peter brings him make him lose sight of the only glory worth striving for, the glory given by God to those who prove faithful to him, those who imitate Christ Jesus, the Good Shepherd. The glory of this world is short-lived and passing. Every one of us was created by God in this world, but none of us were created by him for this world. There is a basic truth that all of us must face square on. Someday I will die. Someday all that I own will belong to someone else. Jesus himself warns against being too attached to the things of this world. He counsels us to store up treasure for ourselves in heaven, where those heavenly things will not pass away nor pass out of our grasp. The second reading today has a very simple truth also to teach us. It was God's purpose to bring a great many of his children to glory. Now, maybe we don't often think about life on earth, living the life of faith and entering heaven when we die in those terms. But from the Lord's perspective, this is his purpose and plan for each of us. God loves us so much that he sent his Son to die for us so that we, believing in him, following him, imitating him, would be able to reach the eternal glory he has prepared for us. And that eternal glory is a share in the glory and life and love that God himself has, and indeed that God himself is. This is God's plan for you. This is God's desire for you. This is the reason Jesus did the work of salvation on the cross for you. He set aside his glory for a time and became one with us, one of us, one like us in all things but sin, as Scripture says. And why? Well, so that we could become like him. 
And then, as he enters his glory again at his resurrection and ascension to the right hand of the Father in glory, he opens up a way for us to follow him into glory. And the glory which awaits us is far, far greater than any imaginable glory here on earth. The motto of the Jesuits is, For the greater glory of God. And St Ignatius, the founder of the Jesuits, himself taught as a basic truth and principle of life as a Christian that we should live our lives, make all our decisions and set all our life's goals with this purpose in mind, for the greater glory of God and the salvation of our soul. But many people, even seasoned followers of Christ, fail to do this. They fail even to know that they're supposed to do this, to live like this. St. Ignatius's insight was that everything good in this world is meant to help us to live for the greater glory of God and eventually enter into that glory upon our passing from this life. And if any of those things, good though they may be, should be a hindrance to our life's purpose, then we have a duty for the good of our souls, to set them aside. The world offers us passing glory. Fifteen minutes of fame, perhaps. Financial security, perhaps. The adulation of the crowd for a time. None of these are evil in themselves, but when they become the goal and purpose of our lives, then we are in danger of settling for so much less than that which God has intended for us. A few years back, there was a James Bond film called The World is Not Enough. And that is true in one very important sense. We were made for a higher purpose and fulfilment than this whole world can offer us. As St. Augustine so famously put it, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless till they rest in thee. In other words, only God, his love, his glory and his riches can fill, and that to overflowing, the human heart's desires. In vain do we try to fill ourselves up on the things of the world, for the hunger we feel cannot be satiated by what this world offers. How many there are in the world today who try to do just that. They fill themselves up on pleasure, power, money, drugs, alcohol and so many other things that give them a momentary fulfilment. But they end up enslaving themselves in every sort of vice and addiction and obscuring even more their vision of what God has planned for them. Not just in eternity but in this life here and now. We were made for eternal glory, eternal salvation and eternal life, and yet we can so easily fall into the trap of settling for earthly glory, worldly security and living for this life alone. Even we who are followers of Christ can easily become all too worldly. It is a danger to us all. So we have to keep reminding ourselves that we were made for more. We were made for glory, but always remembering that 
We walk, in a sense, with feet of clay. And so over and over, we have to refocus our sights on the things above and not just on the things below. Now, having our sights set on eternity does not mean we ignore the work and challenges that are set before us in this life. But if we have always at least one eye on eternity, we will see all those earthly things in a different light. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that there are no legitimate and good things that this world has to offer. This world is a beautiful thing, and it is truly a gift for each of us to be alive and hopefully flourishing in this world. God wills that. But this world is never going to be enough. A candle is a good thing. But if I said to you, here, you take these candles and use them to light up your home every night. Switch off the electricity and take out all of the light bulbs you have in your home. The candles will do you just fine. Wouldn't you think me a bit of an idiot? And wouldn't you be foolish to take me up on my offer? Why, you might say, would I want to swap my light bulbs for candles? And yet, if we don't have a clear understanding of what it is God is offering us, and what he has already given us, in fact, we can easily be persuaded to choose that which is less, that which is beneath us, that which will ultimately leave us frustrated and unfulfilled, instead of choosing the good things God has to offer. It was God's purpose to bring a great many of his children to glory. That is God's plan and desire for each of us. But he wants us to want it, wants us to seek it, to desire it. None of us chose to be conceived and brought into this world. God created us in this world without our cooperation. But as St. Augustine tells us, he will not save us and bring us to the glory he has prepared for us without our cooperation. Do you want that glory? Do you want that life that will never pass away? Then keep your eyes fixed on those things, and never let anything take possession of your heart that will lead you away from the Lord and his purposes for you. The Lord invites you to a heavenly banquet. Why settle for the mere crumbs this world has to offer? <laughs>